Hey, this is Michael Boxall and you're listening to Sound of the Loons podcast. afternoon or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm your host, Dee McPherson. With me is Callum Williams. And Cal, I am excited to hear the results of your Philly cheesesteak research. How'd it go? Um, well, we, we obviously, this is all for science, so we, right. we, we gave it a good go. The way that people ex- experiment with drugs in their youth, you're <laughs> experimenting with cheesesteaks. Cheese uh, sure. sure. I, I, I can only, I couldn't comment on that possibly. Um, <laughs> I... Um, First of all, in any sort of um, scientific experiment, it is important to have a clear and obvious guideline as right. to what you're supposed to be doing. The control, I believe. It is also very important to have somebody to show you the ways. Right. We a did mentor, have. We did have. Obi-Wan Kenobi. We had um, a Jedi master, if you will, in the Philly cheesesteak department in our social media individual Mike Shields. Our intern, social media. <laughs> Not actually an intern. Um, who is from the area, and um, he took myself and our press officer, Eric Durkey, over to uh, a place called Jim's, I believe. Um, now I've heard a lot about Jim's. I have not experienced it myself, but well, I've heard a lot. It, I mean, for good reason, because it, it's fabulous. It was absolutely wonderful, and I, I remember being in line and asking Shields what uh, what he was going to get, and I just got whatever he got because obviously right. he would he would be in the know. And um, yeah, we uh, did he it, make you order it? Did you have to say I, I want a whiz wit? Um, it, I, I remember just saying something like a, a, a cheesesteak with whiz, and first of all, I was sure. utterly confused as to what on earth whiz yeah. actually is. <laughs> I had no idea, but I was like, sure, I'll. it's not urine. It's not, and, no. and, and that's hilarious that you said that because that's instantly what came into my mind. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's, I, I don't even, some sort of cheese. It's I, cheese whiz is what it's called. It's a cheese product. Okay. It's not actual cheese. It's like, yeah, it's raised in a lab, I think. But well, it's the, perfect. It's uh, perfect. Yeah, it, it worked very well. And see, this is a thing that, that um, this is sort of identifying what kind of a human being I am. I still had no idea, but I had no hesitation putting it in my body. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I took one bite and I was like, oh my goodness me, I've gone to heaven. Yes. Um, Do you get peppers and onions? I got peppers, yeah. I'm not, I'm not okay. a big onion guy. Okay, all right. Um, I would kill Kindred on the air if that was the case. Sure, um, <laughs> sure, sure. So, uh, yeah, we went to Jim's and had a absolutely phenomenal Philly cheesesteak. Uh, and I would highly recommend anybody who is in Philadelphia go to Jim's. Uh, that, that's a lovely little area, that old city area as sure. well. So, um, you know, it was great, but it also helps when you have a, a fabulous guide like we did as well. Yes, excellent. Uh, yeah, I have I have not been to Jim's. Um, I've, I've done Pat's and Gino's, which are sort of the traditional rivals. They're in the Motown Philly video, I believe. Uh, oh, really? Men, so, um, yes, uh, tra- traditional standbys. But a lot of people feel like they've they've fallen off a little bit compared to uh, newcomers. So, mm. um, uh, Shield was telling me earlier about Bob's, which is another place too. And apparently, those all to be owned by people with you know single syllable first names like yeah. Jim's, Bob, <laughs> Pat's. So, um, 
Yeah, I, 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 it, it, just talking about it right now makes me want to go get a, a Philly cheesesteak for lunch. So. <sighs> yeah, but I just couldn't. Now that I've had that. Yeah, it's not the same. You know, it's like you get, okay, so uh, we're big fans of Urban Sub uh, here in the office. Urban Sub is fairly close to us. And they have a great cheesesteak. It is not a Philly cheesesteak. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's an excellent sandwich that has steak and cheese and peppers and onions, and it's on bread. And it is delicious on its own. It is not. It's like a separate genre, though. Of it's. It's not. It's not part of the Philly cheesesteak lineage. I feel like. Oh. So. Well, uh, thanks for the invite. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I mean, have you had Urban Sub? I recommend it. I haven't. No, but. Um, How is this possible? All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I will absolutely go for it and All see right. what it's like. But I mean, as I said, I just. I don't think anything will ever match up to what I had on Friday evening um, and the, the, the absolutely succulent flavors and juices and whatnot mm-hmm. that just went into that Philly cheesesteak. So if anybody is in Philly, highly recommend gyms. It was wonderful. Um, I just need to work in the gym now for about four hours sure. just to get it all off. But sure. Hey. sure. Now, uh, can you contrast that cheesesteak to the results of the game? <laughs> On Saturday, <laughs> I have I have notes here for the for the show, and right now the the bullet just says Philadelphia Union game, and then Welp. That's all I've got. Uh, well, I mean that that's that's probably a, a fair assumption and and, and um, fair reflection on the game, to be honest, Steve. Um, I mean, look, there's no point in sugarcoating it. It's simply not good enough. It, it's everybody knew coming into this game that that it was. A long shot to get into the postseason. The one thing I will say before I dive deep into this is that it, it does say a lot the fact that we were in October and we were still mathematically in in, in hunt for the playoffs. As I said, I know it was a, a bleak outlook, but it was still, you know, mathematically Minnesota weren't eliminated until right. You know, we we had three games left. So um, for for me, that's you know, uh, well done to to a lot of people, but look, it's not good enough. You can't come into a situation like that and completely implode like they did. I, those opening 40 minutes, look, the first five, six minutes were good for Minnesota, and yeah. and I kind of thought to myself, I fancy us here. Like, if we carry on like this, we've started well, momentum's behind the team, one or two opportunities and one or two... Uh, chances that, that didn't quite come off for them. But, look, I'll, I'll say it flat out, Steve. I, in my opinion, the coaching staff were let down massively by a couple of players. No need to go into to details in terms of names. Everybody saw what happened on the field. Mm-hmm. Adrian Heath and, and Cole usually can rely on a, uh, on a couple of different players when, when, the, when the stuff going bad, he can, he can usually call upon a couple even those couple didn't work out yeah and now obviously we've got three games left it's so important to end the season on a positive note not only for everybody's sanity in the front office but but for the players themselves because a lot of them now and that game absolutely played its part in in this thinking a lot of them now are playing for their futures in the next three games yeah absolutely um but it, it just wasn't good enough, Steve. And I think a lot of them now will, you know, as I said, get these get these three games done, give everything you have. But afterwards, I, I would suggest people get get out of the Twin Cities, 
go away, go home, and really think about what you want. Really think about, you know, your performance, particularly against Philadelphia. Um, I've, I've never seen a team implode like that in my life, Steve, in, in that amount of time as well. I mean, we're, Minnesota was so lucky it wasn't seven or eight. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I'll be honest, I, I, during the commentary, thought to myself, this could very well be seven or eight goals. Yeah. I thought they, before the end of the whistle, you know, obviously there was no stoppage time, which both, uh, to my knowledge, both coaching staff agreed like the game was done. Yeah. Um, Hardly any stoppage time at the first half either. Right, like, exactly. I think both busy. coaches wanted to get the. Yeah. Well, certainly Adrian wanted to get his team in and, and say what on earth's going on. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's it's a real sour note. And it's a real shame because the team have picked up recently as yeah. well. Too yeah. little, too late, in my opinion. But um, but a draw and then two wins at home. It, it, it looked like, okay, we're, we're going to really give this a go the last couple of games. Yeah. But. I, I don't think I've ever seen a team fall apart like that, Steve, and, and, and it just simply wasn't good enough. And, you know, the Union have got far too many good players to, to play the way that, that Minnesota did. Um, I thought Dodge Cal was was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we sort of said in the pregame show, I know Kindred East St. Auburn identified him as as the key player, and, and undoubtedly he was. Uh, 17 assists this year and, and there's a reason he's got that many so yeah. Pico obviously has just been called into the national team that's not happened for no reason um, Burke and Saponga are a handful as well so and, and that back line I mean Keegan Rosenberry like that, that yeah Rosenberry was, was great and, and, and look I mean the, I, I thought their midfield pairing of Bedoya and Mudunyanin were, were fabulous well I think um, Jimmy Watson said this afterwards we went and had a beer in the hotel bar after and, and he said this and I completely agree that that was probably one of the best performances any of us have ever seen from Alejandro Bedoya yeah. in a Philadelphia Union jersey. Um, the back line as well, I, I thought the uh, the two centre-halves, um, Trusty and McKenzie, yeah. both 19 and 20. I know, right? I mean, just playing above well and, and beyond their years. Yeah. Um, and they've got Jack Elliott, who wasn't... Yeah, exactly, and playing, Jack Elliott, who, you know. who you know, had, a, had a good 2017. So, look, for me... Uh, those two will be interesting to watch moving forward. Yeah. But it's also, you know, a, a firm tip of the hat to Philadelphia Union. They, they've had a long time to put that roster together, and they've remained faithful to Jim mm-hmm. Curtin as well, who, who was on the edge for, you know, not not one season or two seasons. It was probably three. You know, I, I must admit, I a lot of people in the the MLS television world, I know, were sort of waiting for this to happen, for him to, to be let go, and, and he never did. And that's credit to the union for remaining patient with him because I think he is a bright young coach and, and I think he's got a, a really big future ahead of him. Um, and uh, I, I just think they, they obviously gave him time to, to develop this roster, but he's not only plucked some gems from European leagues and, and traded smartly within the league um, and been backed by... Um, the ownership group at Philadelphia Union to go and do that. He's also um, really used the, the the homegrown player rule very, very well. He's mm-hmm. put them in, in Bethlehem Steel in the USL system as well yeah. and given first-team football there as well, which obviously helps. So, look, I mean, bravo to Philadelphia Union that they have turned things right around and, and they are a very impressive uh, outfit, no doubt. Yeah, it was a, it was an odd game. You know, it... it felt like again you said that they could they could have had you know twice as many goals i mean they could have had eight or something like that um i sort of expected 
So I went and looked at, um, I don't know if you're familiar with American Soccer Analysis uh, website, uh, americansocceranalysis.com. It's a really good, it's a really good little site. Um, they do a lot of uh, advanced analytic uh, okay. stuff, which is interesting to me. Um, again, I'm just sort of dipping my toes into it, so uh, I'm not I'm not a numbers. I was going to say I've, I've not even heard of it. We just tend to use Opta. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I don't have Opta, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't they don't give me that. So, um, but uh, one of the things that's interesting is they do these game flows uh, of of expected possession goals. Is sort of this experimental metric they're working with. Um, so give me a second to talk about this, and then I'll talk about why it was interesting with regard to this game. Uh, Expected possession goals, uh, this is, again, this is from American Soccer Analysis. It's an experimental metric to express the scoring opportunity for each possession, basically trying to capture momentum. Uh, and what you're doing, the, the sort of the game flow is built out of looking at each team's, what they refer to as chance XPG, expected possession goals. And that that number is is a weighted value uh, based on ball winning actions, like when, when you're getting the ball back, successful passes, successful dribbles, successful shots. Uh, and then you sort of measure it against the other team and you see who's sort of got the upper hand at any given moment. Mm -hmm. And so they show it on, on the, you know, on, on an axis that has minute by minute. And you see, sort of see these moments where like the action crests and it sort of goes over, you know, five, like the, the again, the numbers. I can't tell you exactly what the, va the value of those numbers are, but it's a relative thing. So you see it go into an area where the other team looks like they're going to score. And I sort of opened this up looking, I was going to look at the game, the the Union versus uh, versus MNUFC, and expect to see Philly just dominating, mm -hmm. right? Because that's sort of how it felt. Um, but interestingly, a lot of their goals came at, like, basically the teams being even. Even two of uh, Philly's goals came, uh, I believe, Picot's second goal and Elsinio's goal, there was, like, no buildup toward Philly. It just came, actually, when there was a little bit of buildup toward Minnesota. Um, and it just sort of looks to me, and again, I'm extrapolating here, you know, but it seemed to me, thinking back on the game, what you really saw were, were serious individual breakdowns for Minnesota and then, like, amazing advantage taken by individuals on the Philly side. Like, it didn't sort of mm. feel like they were sort of being overwhelmed by the totality of Philly to me. It felt like there were these – like that Burke goal, like Burke's first goal, right? Yep. It was like one single thing that happened that opened this up. Um, and probably, I think if we're being fair, a subpar night for Bobby Shuttleworth. Yep. Like, some things he, could, he normally would save. And he knows it as and well. It, and it shows just how important, like, he is, I think. You know, I think to this team because I think the team relies on him a lot to stop. Too, too much. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I think it's almost you know if he stops you know two or three of those goals, I think that result you know if it's like three one. Sure. They, I mean, I don't think Minnesota deserve to win or draw, but no, no, know, no. The, it, the it becomes respectable. Is, that's why it's one of those weird things where I feel like. It, the score could have been much worse and would have felt all right because the thing is that moment to moment, it was just hard to know what to make of the game. You know, mm -hmm. Minnesota United had opportunities, couldn't finish those opportunities. Philly seemed to finish like every opportunity sure. they had. So, uh, I, again, just American Soccer Analysis is a fun website. They do a lot of different articles week by week and they look at they'll look at possessions. So uh, at, at the end of at the start of the week after the, the, the week's games are done, um, they'll go through and look at like particular plays where. This was a, this was a high chance that this goal was scored, but it didn't. Like, why why did that happen? And so they'll show you, mm. you know, the passing. They'll show you a little clip of the of the of the the play, and they'll show on a diagram of the field, you know, like where the passes went, and then talk about how it sort of builds up a good chance, but then it doesn't happen, or right. it does happen. They have sort of two different uh, styles of looking at goals. So, I recommend anyone to check out that website. Sure. Uh, absolutely, we'll give it a go. Yeah, that sounds very good. But I, I just um, just just going back to the game, Steve. I just uh, you know several, in my opinion, should should hang their heads. It's just it, it's not good enough. 
And if you want to be a part of this franchise moving forward, it's got to be better. And look, the players know this. The, the, the team bus going to the airport on uh, on Sunday morning, the atmosphere was very subdued. It yeah. was people knew that that it that it was bad and and, and it. It wasn't good enough, and and look, as I said, I'll, I'll keep saying it. I think the coaching staff were, were let down by by a couple of people they usually rely on, and um, you know, it, it's going to be a it's going to be a very interesting off season. How do you think that um, you know? Obviously, and Adrian talked about after the game. He said, you know, we've got three games. I want to win all these games. We've mm-hmm. got two home games. We've been fantastic at home. Um, you know, and I know I know the team is going to say all the things about like you know they, going into this playoff push. They kept saying, you know, we're not eliminated yet. We're not. I mean, that's yep. what you expect a team to feel like. They now have been eliminated, and obviously, you're going to go out there and try to win those games. But how does it change? Do you think at this moment? I mean, it, it, this idea of is there a difference between playing for your job and playing for the playoffs for some of these players? Uh, you would you would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, they didn't, someone didn't do a great job playing for the playoffs, so we hope. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's look as a player. In my opinion, you should you should never need to be motivated to step on a football pitch. But look, I mean, these are also human beings as well. They yeah. also understand what's what's happened. And um, I just do you know the one thing I just hope, Steve, more than anything, I just hope. And I'm not saying that they they won't or questioning if they will. I just hope that they deliver and perform for the fans at home. Yeah, you know that that's the one thing I just hope they do because the fans have been unbelievable this year to to sort of you know keep supporting and supporting in the numbers that they have as well. They've mm-hmm. been unbelievable. They really really have, and we, we we can't we can't thank the fans enough for for their part in in this story. And um, I just hope the players. You know, they, they will, of course, they'll go over and thank everybody on, on 1021. Um, you know, they'll they'll say thank you for, for the efforts this year and whatnot. And, um, but I, I just think we, the quicker now that we, we push this this campaign aside, probably the better, in my opinion. So you, you try and obviously get the three results. You, you know, as Adrian said, you try and win these next three games. Great. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the second that Columbus Crew game is over, just move on. Yeah. Just... Focus then on 2019, and look. Efforts. I say this like that's not the case. Efforts have already are already being made to bring in players for 2019. Efforts are already being made to look ahead to 2019 because it's it's a massive year for the club. Yeah, it's the biggest year in the club's history. Yeah, nobody can can deny that at all. So everyone knows how important 2019 is. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I just think again. Look, look, it, it's been okay this year. It's not. It's not like we've ended up like San Jose, you know, or, or, right. or even Colorado, you know. With all due respect, it's been good. We, we've got more wins than we did last year. Mm-hmm. We've, um, it, it, in my opinion, looked better than a lot of other really good teams at home this year. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, as we all know, it's the away record. If we had any sort of away records, then we would be. At least on the cusp of the conversation, yeah. In terms of the postseason, I think we'd, we'd sort of be in around that Vancouver Galaxy RSL mix. Um, but look, that's something that they're going to have to figure out how to win on the road in this league. Um, so we'll just wait and see. I don't know. Yeah, you've touched on several things that are things we're going to talk about coming up. So, but let's talk about uh, let's talk about ten twenty one yep. uh, versus the Galaxy and hitting fifty thousand. You know, we've now. Awesome. Move fifty thousand tickets out there, so you know. Good job, sales staff. Good job, everybody Absolutely. working out there uh, selling those tickets. Uh, we've also just gotten word that the broadcast is moving to ESPN. It's yep. going to be a national uh, game, which is going to be great to see yep. that stadium filled up like that. Um, I mean, 
I think it's a little tough because we have had huge – we've had 35,000 for the, the home opener against Atlanta, which was in the driving snow. We've, <laughs> we've been averaging over eh, 21,000, something like that. You know, we've had 25,000. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is 50,000. Like – this this is a, a feel pretty monster massive. monster crowd. <laughs> and I, do you know what, Steve? I'm excited for people like yourself who probably haven't seen a soccer game with this yeah. with this type of. Well, uh, there, that was my wedding ring hitting <laughs> the coffee cup again. We've discussed this. Yes, we've discussed this. <laughs> um, I'm excited for people like yourself, and, and I say this with all due respect. Obviously, you know you you probably okay, you don't have to respect me. You, well, I do respect you. <laughs> I, you've probably not seen a soccer game of this magnitude in terms true. of the crowd. Yeah, so, absolutely. That's and true. and do you know the one thing which I can't wait for, Steve? I cannot wait for that MNUFC, that chance. That, that the stadium has picked up on so well from the supporters section over the last yeah. uh, two years. And when when you have, you know, you, as, as you mentioned the numbers there, when you have 21 to 26, 7,000 people chanting that, it sounds great. But imagine 50,000 people doing yeah. it. You'll be able to hear it in downtown Minneapolis <laughs> and downtown St. Paul, you know. You may even hear it up in Canada, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah. it's... It's going to be deafening. Yeah. It really, really is. And, and look, I'm, you know, I'm so glad that, that it's on national television because, you know, um, that the club deserve this sort of moment. And it's, it's also, it's also quite fitting that it's on national television as a, as a goodbye to TCF Bank Stadium. You know, mm-hmm. it's we started on national television, we're ending on national television. Humongous crowds. I think it's going to be a great advertisement for soccer in in Minnesota, no doubt about it. But look again, humongous. Gargantuan thank you to the fans who yeah. who have packed out the stadium again with the team not in postseason contention. You know now I know a lot of people are going to want to come and see Zlatan Ibrahimovic play, uh, which by the way I think he will because the Galaxy it's gonna it's gonna be again they will have to win. Yep. So I know he said that he wasn't going to play on turf until the postseason. I don't believe that at all. Knowing knowing his competitive nature, if he has to, if they have to play to get in, right? So, yeah. I so I. I I don't believe that for one second, but I can't wait. 1021 is going to be a historic day to be remembered for for a long time in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the playoffs, uh, which obviously we don't have a rooting interest in uh, any longer. But uh, interesting, interesting things taking shape now as we're headed to that. Uh, this is actually, I think, in any league, this is one of my uh, favorite. Parts is the sort of jockeying for position mm-hmm. of who gets in and who's out. Uh, so obviously the loons are out, but Toronto FC is also out. Yeah. <laughs> um, how how shocking? I mean, it's it's happened before. It happened in 2016 to the Timbers. Mm-hmm. It's happened before in MLS a couple other times. How shocking overall though was was Toronto's inability to mount any kind of you know title defense. We knew they started the season not focused on MLS, mm-hmm. but I think the feeling was well they'll they'll turn it on, but they couldn't. They just they couldn't turn it on. Yeah. So first of all, this is the fourth time this has happened to a champion yes. where they haven't gotten into the postseason. You're right that Toronto put all of their eggs in the Champions League basket and it didn't work. But the one thing I kept hearing throughout the entirety of the campaign, Steve, was that Toronto, they 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 were uh, still recovering from, from the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, yeah, but it's September. <laughs> the, 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 the game was in March. Yeah, yeah, right. How long do you need to recover? Yeah. And also, do the Red Bulls not need time to recover from their Champions League? Right. I mean, look at the Red Bulls in their season. Yeah. They've, they've been absolutely wonderful. Yep. And they've had a coaching change in the middle of it as well. Yeah. So, you know, and I know it wasn't a, Yes, it was a coaching change, but Armas was just promoted. So it, it's there's still that element of stability there. But Yeah, but it's still a change. I mean, that's... that's. I, I'll be honest, Steve. I think it's inexcusable what Toronto have done this year. 
I don't think it's a happy camp there at the mm. moment. I really don't. Um, Michael Bradley has um, not had a great year. I still look. I still think Bradley's an important piece to the US puzzle. I really do, and, mm-hmm. and look, I may get slandered for that, but uh, <laughs> look, in my opinion, he, he is. Like, you can't deny what he's done. His his numbers say a lot. Um, uh, but he's just not. I, I think he's uh, he's been asked um, perhaps a little bit too much this year. Playing him at, at centre half at one stage, and yeah. and then you know playing him in a deeper holding midfield role, then box to box. I just you know, just let him settle somewhere. Just let him do his job somewhere. Um, I think altidore has been poor. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I just do. I, I just for me one of one of the most frustrating players ever to watch is Josie Altidore because he's got every tool you would ever want. He's a big boy and he's blessed with pace. Um, you know, he's got an eye for goal. Obviously, he scored a boatload last year. So people who say he's not a goal scorer, I, I can't agree with that. Um, but it's been disappointing for him, no doubt. And then obviously Sebastian Jovinko, very much like like Darwin Quintero here. He can't mm. do it all on his own. Right. You know? Yeah. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised, Steve, because I actually had Toronto um, finishing towards the upper ends of, of the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. this season at, at the start of the year. I, I had him... I had. Uh, him. I had them and Atlanta uh, finishing uh, in the Eastern Conference final. Sure. I still think Atlanta will do that. But seems, seems likely. Yeah, but Toronto, yeah, it's um, it's bizarre. It really is, and, and they're going to need some new players in the offseason, no doubt. And, and I think they will. There's, there's rumours, obviously, of... Well, there's been rumours for ages about Josie's future. Um, right. I, I think he'll be gone somewhere. I don't know where. Um, but I'll be I'll be intrigued to see what Toronto do in the offseason. Yeah, let's uh, let's look at uh, the Eastern Conference outside of Toronto. Uh, obviously, DC United has made a spirited charge here in the, the second half of the season. Uh, they're right now they're outside of the playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. But do you think I, I like their chances of getting into the mix here? Yep. Um, they have the remaining schedule is Dallas at home, Toronto at home, NYCFC at home, and Chicago away. So they have a large number of, of games left compared to, I mean, some teams only have two games left. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at a max possible points of 53. Um, ahead of them is Montreal. Mm-hmm. And Montreal have Toronto at home and New England away. So their max possible points is 49. So basically, you know, D.C. could lose a game and tie a game and still yeah. be at Montreal. Um, I mean, what do you what do you think about that that fight there? I think D.C. win three of their last four games. Yeah. Um, there's so much momentum behind that team right now. It, it, it's a rise like we've only seen a couple of times in this league. I mean, I, I think of this kind of um, kind of situation, and I think of the Sounders and the way that they were um, when they went and won the whole thing uh, in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were you know <laughs> literally scrambling in the basement of the league, and then had this meteoric rise and went and won the whole thing. Um, I think DC, you know, there are shades of that in their season. But also what they've done, obviously, the the signing of Rooney has been wonderful for them. You know, he's he's obviously made a difference. And anybody, anybody who thought that he wouldn't do anything in this league, where's your footballing brain gone? It's Wayne Rooney. (laughs) Of course he's going to do something, you know? If anybody had watched him play over the last 10 years or so, how can you not think he's he's not gonna? How can you think he's not gonna have an impact? Yeah. I just don't understand that that mindset. Um, you know, and, and look, this isn't even me being English. This is me just purely being a fan of the game. Like, yeah. Rooney has impacted everywhere he's gone. Was he great at Everton his last year? No. But with all due respect, he's not playing in the Premier League anymore. He's playing in MLS. Yeah. We all know that MLS is not not anywhere near the Premier League standard, but it's a good standard. Right. It's a very good standard. Rooney coming in was obviously going to play its part. 
And what he has done, because he is this type of player, he's made the players around him better. Mm -hmm. Acosta's rise has been wonderful to watch. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was... When we were at DC a couple of weeks ago, oh, I, I was shivering and shaking with joy just watching him, you know? I mean, he... Yeah. He, he has become a player. I mean, look, he was already a great player before at, at Boca Juniors, but, you know, seeing him play with, with Rooney, I mean, that combination Rooney's has really been unreal. unlocked something unreal. for him, I think. So I, I think Rooney, uh, Rooney deserves a heck of a lot of praise. Um, he's, he has really, really helped that club rise. And, and I, I would absolutely, if I was a betting man, I would back them 100% to make yeah. the postseason. Yeah. No, I definitely think that, I mean, I think Dallas will be a challenge, but they're also at home for that. I mean, Toronto, obviously, I think should be a winnable game. Chicago away should be a winnable game. Mm -hmm. NYCFC has been very inconsistent, and that's a home game for DC. So, yeah. I, I, I just think, think at home they'll, they'll win. They're so strong at home, Steve. I yeah. just think they'll, they'll win all their home games. Um, and, and knowing the way MLS works, they'll lose that last game in Chicago. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, okay, so out west, uh, Seattle, Real Salt Lake, and the Galaxy really set up for a night fight. 47, 46, and 45 points, respectively. Uh, plus, Vancouver has 43, so they're not out of mm -hmm. uh, position yet. Seattle probably has the most favorable schedule. Uh, they're playing Houston tonight. Yep. Uh, and uh, they're playing Orlando, who have been who looked awful. Yep. Houston again, and then San Jose at home to finish. The Sounders out the are in. They're fine. So Sounders, yeah. Sounders are likely in. RSL has New England at home, so okay. that, that's probably good for them. Mm -hmm. uh, they have to go to Tim, Timbers away. That'll, be, that'll be tough. Galaxy are, are coming here. Yep. Uh, and then they have Houston at home. Uh, so. <laughs> You know that's it's it's going to be a tough one there. Yeah. Um, who, who do you Seattle? Let's say Seattle's in, right? Yep. yep. Uh, I didn't. I forgot to look at Vancouver's schedule. But like, let's say RSL and Galaxy right now are in a mm -hmm. real. They're on either side of the of the playoff line right now. Do you think? What do you think? Well, first of all, like? I think Vancouver. Uh, I, I just think because of the whole mess, the internal mess there, right? I, I just don't think it's a possibility for them now, to be sure. honest. Uh, you know, there's, we've, we've heard some rumblings over the last couple of days, which I won't mention here, and I just I just don't think they're, they're going to be in the contention for it. Um, first of all, I, I love this time of year. Yeah. This is so exciting. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's great. It's super good. Um, how can you not want to watch MLS now, by the way? I know. With, with this being yeah. the situation, you yeah. know? Um, I mean, look, the Galaxy have got the history, haven't they? They've they've got the trophy cabinet, they've got everything, they've got the the star players. You, you would assume it would be them leaping ahead of RSL, but this is MLS, and, and you just you just don't know with the way that this league can work. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it would just wouldn't it be typically MLS if RSL lost at home to the Rebs and then went and won at the Timbers? You know, I mean, it would just yeah. be typical MLS, wouldn't right. it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I, I mean, look, I'm going to do what, what I think 90% of the soccer population here will do and, and, and back the Galaxy to, to go all the way uh, in terms of getting to the... Time. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I just think they'll get to the playoffs. And I think when they get to the playoffs, that's where their run may very well come to an end. But, sure. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's, it's tough to bet against the Galaxy, as you say. It really is. Looking at that schedule that you just mentioned, looking at the array of talent they have... It's tough to bet against them. Yeah, I am really, I am really glad to see that matchup on ten twenty one that we've been talking about, it, lining up to be an important game. Yep. Um, you know, obviously not. It, it's going to be an important game for Minnesota United because of it being the final home match at yep. TCF and having, but for having, the future fi and having fifty thousand people there, and then the Galaxy knowing that like 
they got to win these two games probably to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was worried that, uh, you know, that the Galaxy were going to be out of it by that point and, yeah. you know, and we were going to be out of it and then it wasn't, it, you know, it would be, be a great send-off. But it's always good to match that with some 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 football that actually meaningful. has meaning. So, yeah, meaningful football, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. I, I think I'd probably back the Galaxy as well mm-hmm. um, overall. It's hard to bet against Zlatan, like having seen what he can do. So. Uh, yeah, it really is. And, of course, he scored this weekend against Sporting Kansas City as well and, uh, what a game that was as well, by the way. Um, and uh, I just don't know, Steve. This 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 is just such a fun time of the year. I, I you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of this league, regardless. But I, I just I particularly love this part of the season. I think I've called it the business end of the season fifty thousand times because it is. Um, and I, I, you know, once we get into the playoffs. Oh, I can't wait. I just I shivers again. I just can't wait. I love this time of year. <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, mold cider. Leaves changing, you know, playoff implications. It's I mean, all, it's just good, it's so. perfect, isn't it? It, yeah. it is the absolute epitome of perfection. Can't wait. It's going to be great. I'm a fall guy. Your, your birthday is in the fall, so, you know. I'm I, a fall guy as well, yeah. yeah and it, because I feel like you can wear better better clothes as oh, well. Oh, yeah, sweaters. Fall. I just got a couple sweaters. I love sweaters. Yeah. All right, let's talk about sweaters now. <laughs> all right, uh, thanks for joining us for the 31st Sound of Balloons podcast. Minnesota United's next match is on Saturday, October 13th against the Colorado Rapids. We didn't really preview this one, but um, it's a matinee, which is fun. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be at 1 p.m. Um, Colorado- Minnesota should win. The Rapids have been done for some time. The they've, they, they've, they've had their sandals on and vacation <laughs> modes. They've been in that for yes. a long time. So The return of Sam Nicholson, the beloved Sam Yeah, Nicholson. that'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it's in the script he's going to score, isn't he? But, okay, uh, <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. He's, t- he's going to take revenge. but uh, He will, but look, I but still I think Sammy, I, I think this will be a mauling. I, I really do. I think Minnesota will, will win by a couple of goals here. I, I have no I hesitation of saying that. I hope so. I, that would wa- help wash some of the taste of the Philly game out of yes. the mouth. So. Uh, so that game kicks off at 1 p.m. Uh, be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes, or at the very least, a five-star rating. You can follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC. You can follow Cal Williams at CalWilliams.com, and you can follow me at Venturis. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are. <laughs>